Mindset Game Podcast, and I'm your host, James Roberts, and on today's show, I've got Celeste Rains-Turk, so welcome on the show, Celeste. Thank you so much, I'm happy to be here. So can you give a brief introduction to who you are and what you do for the listeners that didn't get a chance to catch our first podcast we did together? Yeah, absolutely. So I'm an online fitness coach, self-love, confidence, and mindset mentor. And my main thing is all about making fitness, about building more than just a body. And I do that by combining the right fitness and nutrition regimen with um, a huge emphasis on self-love, confidence, mindset, well-being, development, and behaviors in general. So I'm all about incorporating the whole entire aspect of who you are rather than just the surface level because I believe we all go so much deeper than that and it's a huge part of fitness. So talk to me a little bit more about self-love then. So what do you want to know? I mean, (laughs) to me it's like the most important thing in life in general. Without self-love, I feel like we can't do anything to the best of our ability. Um, When we show ourselves love, we're really allowing ourselves to make the best decisions for ourselves. So do you have any questions specifically? You want me to just go into it? Um, how, How did it come about for you personally? Uh, okay, yeah, so I um, I started my fitness journey, and I started seeing amazing results, um, and I was like, wow, this is awesome, like physically, physical results, um, but I still didn't feel very awesome, and I still wasn't happy in my own skin, and I was still like lacking the self-esteem, the confidence, and the internal gain that I was seeking, and I realized then, that's when I realized that fitness was about building more than just a body, and I realized that I was being treated by certain people and I was experiencing certain results in other areas of my life all because of my internal world. So I realized I had to start showing myself more love and really taking that time for myself. So that's exactly what I started to do. And that's when I realized like, you know, self-love is the most important part. And when I incorporated more of it into my journey, I started seeing the results on both an internal and external way. Okay. And what tips could you give to other people to that are on that fitness journey and are sometimes struggling to get the results that they want because obviously they're not focusing on themselves from time to time? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I would just tell them that it's time to start focusing on yourself more and recognize and realize your beliefs around it. Because a lot of times we don't do things because our belief system is telling us that it's not going to make a difference or it's not worth it or maybe we're not worth it or it's just not not enough and we can do other things. Um, But in reality, you know, it's important to go, okay, what do I actually believe about taking time for myself? And then realizing that it is important and you have to come to these conclusions on your own, right? You have to form your own beliefs around these things, but just form a belief that you are allowed to give yourself more and that by giving yourself more, you're not only helping yourself grow, but you're contributing more to others. And then, of course, in return, you're going to receive more as well. So I would take more time to either journal or visualize or really get in touch with who you are deep down inside. What makes you happy? What are you passionate about? What's your purpose? What's your big reason why? Really tapping into all of these 
big things that we seem to neglect over time because we're so focused on changing what we see in the mirror versus the whole entire being. And also, would you agree that it's good to have uh, good people around you? So to kind of put that into context, uh, having obviously negative people around you makes you feel negative. So is it a case of, to a certain extent, getting rid of people that put you in a negative state? Yeah, absolutely. Oh, yeah, 100%. Your environment is so important. And if you're surrounding yourself with people and things that aren't serving you or aren't empowering you or lifting you up or inspiring you to take any sort of positive action, then it's definitely time to change that. And I know personally, it's like sometimes it seems like a calling like process and you're like, oh my gosh, I have nothing left. Like I don't have people in my life now that are serving me like, how am I going to do this? And then you kind of have to remind yourself like it's okay and it's necessary to let go of the negative to create space for positives to come in. So I absolutely agree with you. And we talked about it a little bit at the beginning of the show about obviously this emphasis on body image. Why do you think people focus uh, more on that aesthetic appearance? Obviously, the media has a part to play to that because obviously they only portray obviously this image of perfection. So why why do you think it is a bad thing for people to go down that route? Because obviously, from a mental aspect, it's gonna it's kind of it distorts your thinking. Yeah, so I think it's totally okay to want to change the way your body looks as long as you are doing it from a positive space. And I think that so many people focus on it because it's a judgmental thing. Like we look in the mirrors and we judge ourselves just because we feel like we should look a certain way or we feel like we're better off a certain way. And this can all be very valid and true. But I know when I started my fitness journey, I was like, I hate the way I look. And I was fueling my journey from that place of hate versus from that place of love and just wanting to do what's best for my health and what's best for me. So, yeah, it's important to to see the things that you want to improve on as long as it's coming from that loving space and also making sure that you still recognize that you go deeper than that. So I think that a lot of people focus on it because it's what's preached the most, right? You see it all over, like, get a better this, get better that, have this, attract this. And it's like, what? Like, why are we emphasizing that so much when it's not even about that? Like, that's a byproduct to improving your inner world and making positive choices for yourself. Like, the body is just a byproduct. It's a bonus. And you and you, you, you say this notion of hate in your figure. Uh in some ways, is that not a bad thing to um, kind of have that reflection on yourself, both good and bad? Uh, what do you mean? Um, obviously, people are going to have those negative thoughts about, oh, I, I sh- should do this, I shouldn't do that, and, and so on. Mm-hmm. Is it always uh, a bad thing to obviously want to okay from a from a mental state it's probably not a good thing because you're having these doubts as to why aren't you well why aren't you improving why do I look like this which Mm -hmm. is not a good 
place to put your mind in because obviously it's it's it could go into a downward spiral. But obviously, from a positive sense, um, obviously looking at what I've done well is that not a good thing to reflect upon? Oh yeah, no, I see what you're saying. Um, I think it's okay to be like there. Are, there's room for improvement. I also think it's really uh, important that we look at the things that we've already improved on while we're looking to improve more, right? Like if we only look at what we want to change, then we're just going to find more things that we want to change. But if we focus on the things that we've already been proactive about, or we've already taken into account a responsibility for in our life, it's easier to do more of that. Um, and I actually don't think it's necessarily a bad thing to look in the mirror and be slightly unhappy because I think we're always going to want to grow and I think we're always going to want to change certain things and improve certain things. But again, as long as it's coming from that place of I just want to be healthier, happier, feel better about myself and actually attach positive outcomes to these thought processes. Because if we are only attaching that outcome of I'm just going to look better because I know I want to because I want to look good in this way and that way and be approved and have this approval from so and so or from myself, then that's not good. But if we can look at ourselves and go like, yeah, I really want to change because I know it'll make me healthier and happier. That's a different story. And you touched upon uh, a little bit in the beginning about obviously this the, the the notion of of perfection um obviously that's that's not a not not a good thing to go down because into for certain i won't say certain people for for the majority of individuals um it's probably too probably too far a goal to achieve obviously that low percentage of body fat because it's obviously the social media to some degree only portrays themselves in that low percentage all the time whereas that's not realistic whereas they're not showing the true their, their true selves where they look at say say for example obviously the ones that do shows they they're not showing their true um selves obviously out of season so they don't show that they're being okay a, a human being okay they're able to they, it's kind of like you're robotic you're able to stay at this uh, percentage all year round which is technically well I wouldn't say impossible but it's very hard to maintain and they don't show obviously the side effects of those so do you, do you think that that is probably a negative um, outlook on obviously the the fitness side of things that some people only show okay them, themselves at their best but don't show obviously themselves to some degree well quote unquote at their worst okay they're still probably still in fit, good shape <laughs> yeah I definitely think it's a problem um, I think that there is a stigma that like these people in the industry who like compete or who are models and whatnot are always looking like that. And I admire the ones like us who like stand up and show even the best and the worst, if you know, like what you said. But I think that it's so easy to go on and see the highlight reels and assume that that's actually how it is. So we have to remind ourselves like that's not necessarily how it is all the time. 
And I love, love, love when I see people in the industry actually embracing all aspects of their journey and really looking at it like, hey, I actually didn't do so well today or I felt like this or I slept all day or I didn't go to the gym. Like these things are very real and it's it's important to recognize that they're real. And I personally looked to Instagram when I started my journey and that's what inspired me. I saw like three names stand out to me that I saw. I saw Bella Falcone, I saw Michelle Lewin, and I saw Paige Hathaway, and I was like, oh my gosh, like I'm so inspired. Like I love, I love this. But that was like, again, a lot of it was stemmed from the way that they looked and their aesthetics. And I didn't get to see the full picture. And then as I like followed them more and got even more into it, there were a lot of um, amazing posts, not only from them, but from people in general about their life story. And that reminded me like, oh, these are real people. Like (laughs) these are people who actually have gone through something and are going through things. Um, But I do think it's a problem when we see certain pages that only show the beauty of it because it is quite a beautiful journey but I think it's even more beautiful when we can highlight the things that come with it that maybe don't feel as good because that's what allows us to actually again like you said be human um, and create that human connection so yeah 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 (laughs) well it comes back to it to some degree that they're probably not being truthful to themselves because it's to some degree you're trying to show your personality as best as you can over social media which is not at at times is is quite difficult because obviously the people that know you it's easier to interact whereas somebody only seeing a video uh, a picture can't get a true reflection of who you actually are oh yeah for sure that's why it's important to just share who you are with the world I think that you're right like there are it is a problem and it's not it's easier when you know the person to know, like, oh, that's cool, that's a great photo of them, or that's a great video, I like what they're saying, but I know that that's amazing, because they've also been through this, but when we don't share those things, then people don't actually get to see, like, well, what inspired this caption, or what inspired this video, or, like, what inspired this person to create such an amazing aesthetic, because they don't just come out of nowhere, <laughs> so it's nice when we can hear the story behind it. And to come to my next point, mm-hmm. why did you come to write the book that you published, or when would it have been, just before Christmas? Yeah, um, well, I, why did I write it? Um, well, I started really diving deeper into my mindset journey and my personal development journey, and I was learning so much about myself, so much about the process, and so much about really growing from that inner world in general. Um, and I just remember I was like, I need people to know this. I need people to see this and I need people to understand that they really can tap into an inner belief system and create an outer package and outer world that they really appreciate and love. And, um, I know that most of my results have been driven because I've improved my inner world because I've taken that time for myself. So when I wrote believe your way to badass, I did it so quick because it was things I took myself through. So I was inspired to share my journey. I was inspired to share my exact strategies. Like there are people who will say like, oh, these are my strategies, these are my tools. It's like, no, like I actually shared like what I do. Like (laughs) these are real things. Um, Things I've taken myself through, tried and tested, but also recognizing how 
how powerful they are. And I knew that the world needed to see it. I knew that this is something that had to be shared. And because of the massive impact it made on me, I knew that I needed to get it out there. (laughs) And from that book, what are some of the better tips that you could share with my listeners? Oh, yeah, for sure. So um, always set really strong intentions. That's a first. That's a must. You've got to set strong intentions. If you don't have any intentions for your journey or for what you're doing, it's going to be incredibly difficult to get there because, of course, we cannot hit a target that we can't see. And then second of all, you actually really need to get clear on your goals in general, right? Like get clear as to what it is you're looking to achieve. Again, that goes with intention setting. Um, And then you'll, of course, want to look into having more self-love. So developing your self-love coming from that place of looking at yourself and deciding like there are things to love about yourself. So what do you love right now? What is it that you'd like to love more or would like to create love for? Maybe that for you could be, I want to love my fit and healthy lifestyle, you know, but instead of saying, you know, I want to, it's, I am in love with my healthy and fit lifestyle. I feel so amazing. So we're speaking everything into existence and thinking that it's already done because we know that it is our future. We know that's who we're becoming. Um, So that goes into the next bit, which is identity work. Really getting clear. I mean, most of the, like pretty much the whole book is identity work um, because we're, of course, believe you're right about us. Um, but the identity work is really just a matter of going, okay, who do I need to become in order to achieve what I want? Like, if you can ask yourself that question, you're going to get so. I mean, for some people, it's like, I have no idea. And that's, a, that's okay. That's fine. Ask yourself again because the answer is there. You have the answer within you. It's like, if you know you want to be someone who has lean muscle mass, who is strong and who's confident, then you know that your steps would be to make healthier choices, to work out at the gym lifting weights, and to spend more time on your personal development. Like, it's very simple. You have the answers within you. It's just a matter of asking yourself the right questions. So I give a lot of questions in the book that people can ask themselves and should journal on and create the space for them to do exactly that. Um, and then I'm, I'm going to, I'm pretty much sharing like a lot of the little pieces, but, um, (laughs) those are some of the key things and really like tapping into that next level version of you and creating a game plan, like really creating a game plan for where is it you see yourself going and how are we going to get there starting from a year from now, all the way down to tomorrow, like we're making this happen now. Like this is no longer an afterthought or a thing that happens like, when you're ready, it's like you're you were all you were ready yesterday. You were ready the day before that. You just had to get your mind ready and get yourself in that position and that belief that this is already done. This is happening. And coming back to this uh, notion of goal setting, is it a bit like the what was it the smart system that that you put in place, or is it slightly different? Um, it is like that. Um, with the goal setting, I am a huge advocate for SMART, but I'm, which is um, specific, measurable, attainable, realistic, and timely. But I'm also a huge advocate for like the dreaming aspect um, because what we might think is attainable is actually like so much less than what we can actually attain. Um, so I am always about giving yourself permission to go bigger and go bolder and really seek out more because 
you might say that's where those limiting beliefs, right? That's where part of the book is like addressing your limiting beliefs, redefining them, like literally redefining your beliefs because you might go, I want to lose. And I don't really like pounds. So this is such an easy example. And I think most people are in this place. I want to lose 15 pounds. Okay. Like realistically, when can you get that done healthfully? Right? Like, based on you, based on what you've been through, based on your current habits, like what's the realistic goal? And in your head, you might be thinking, oh, it's never going to happen. It will never happen. Like it'll take like years, right? Like I haven't been able to lose any amount of weight in so long. But in reality, you absolutely can because now you're taking the steps internally that are going to allow you to make more positive and healthy choices. And um, yeah, goals, I'm like, yes, set goals be relentless in actually making them your reality, but also be open to changes, be open to listening to your soul telling you maybe you want something else or maybe you want something more and then relentlessly chase after that, right? Like just make it who you are, like become the person who's already achieved your goals because when you become that person, you start attracting those results. You start attracting that life. Um, you would never see a fit person or an unhealthy person attract healthy results, right? You have to become a healthy person to attract healthy results. And that goes for anything in life. And for you as a trainer yourself, how do you reevaluate your goals? Obviously from time to time, because obviously, uh, obviously ours are probably a little bit more complex in terms of uh, setting goals because... <laughs> Obviously, losing weight is, I won't say impossible, but it's obviously those would be more extreme ones, obviously, of low percentage if that was your goal. Uh, but what are kind of some of your goals that you look to target? For me, mm-hmm. specifically. So right now I'm in bikini prep and I wasn't going to do a competition again because of how, like, my last experience was amazing. Like, it was super healthy and, like, fun, but the aftermath was terrible and my body image throughout was really bad. Um, and I was, like, judging myself so hard. So my goal now is to compete again but actually show myself and show the world that you can do it in a very healthy and positive and freeing and empowering way. So my goal is to create a very, of course, healthy regimen, one that's strict, but not to the point where I feel constricted. Um, And then, of course, going with that, I need to lower my body fat percentage and I need to drop some LBs, but I'm not focused on like, oh, I got to lose 20 pounds by this. Like, that's just not where my focus is. My focus is literally on being more intuitive throughout my journey and being more focused on the results that I want inside. Like, I want to feel amazing throughout. I want to be proud of my body. I want to push myself harder than I ever have in the gym while making sure that it's sustainable, right? Not like going gung-ho right out the gates, but like actually having a progressive journey. So these are where I'm these are how I'm judging my markers of success. And as a result, I'm actually seeing the results with my body, but I'm not only focused on, I got to lose this amount of fat in this amount of time. Like I've really shifted my focus this time around. And because I shifted my focus, I'm making the more positive choices. I'm reminding myself why it's important. And it's like, it's, it's actually like second nature now. It just comes as a result. I hope that was clear. Mm-hmm. And obviously I know personally because you you have put it out there and I've got to know you over the last couple of months. But you obviously said with the first time you did your show, 
you put on significantly lots of amount of weight afterwards. Why do you believe that was the case? So it's literally, I can explain this. So like I put on a significant amount of weight because my body, as you know, there's like that metabolic shock that happens where I was, I, I did not go extremely low in my calories eat or carbohydrates or proteins or fats throughout the show. So I just want to make that clear. Like I never starved myself or did anything unhealthy of that realm at all. But the body still has to adapt and adjust. So the week out before the show, you're manipulating like crazy. Like your water is manipulated. Your salt intake is manipulated throughout the whole entire preparation. And your body's really being forced to only eat. And I don't want to say forced, but it's like more of a choice, a, a very mm-hmm. uh, specific choice <laughs> to only fuel your body with certain foods, right? Like lean proteins, lots of vegetables, usually cruciferous. And, of course a ton of healthy, complex carbohydrates. So, and some simple as well, depending. We're not even going to get into that. (laughs) But anyway, um, I could go on. But anyway, like I was eating very specific foods all the time. So after the show, it was really a matter of me, like I was kind of like, oh my gosh, I reached this goal. Yay, yay, yay. It's great. And then after the show, I was like, okay, boom, like I'm done. It's over. And I had like a massive meal after my show, which is cool. Like that's not going to change things forever. But it was like the weeks that followed were really difficult for me because my motivation was so all over the place because I was like, oh my gosh, I just competed. But now like my body's not going to stay this way. And I know that's not realistic. And I was like creating a very negative headspace. Um, and then I remember, like, my appetite was all over the show. Like, I I was, like, really hungry one day, and then I wasn't hungry another day. So I was constantly, like, I wasn't creating consistency. I was so consistent leading up to my show that after the show, not being consistent shocked my body and made my body store everything. Because my body's like, we're not going to get fed. We are going to get fed. We're not going to get fed. So it was, like, this constant, like, battle So my body, of course, as you know, with the metabolic shock is like, okay, let's store it because we don't actually know. So my mistake was not doing a proper reverse diet. I hired a coach and I didn't even know my numbers. Like I could have easily put it into my fitness pal and calculated it, but I didn't. I wasn't mentally prepared to do that. And I didn't create that permission for myself to sustain the results I just was like all right I did my show and now like I'm gonna be fine I'm gonna put on more muscle and then I'm gonna do another show I'm just gonna keep in this cycle when I I knew subconsciously I didn't want that so then I was making intuitive choices that weren't serving me because I wasn't actually tapping into what I needed to do which was a proper reverse diet to make sure my metabolism stayed happy and healthy and my body stayed on track with me so I gained 30 pounds in like three weeks like it was so bad and yeah it was really terrible um and it felt horrible too but that's because I had gone from this decrease to all of a sudden like all over the place so that was just improper reverse dieting and do you think you'll be better prepared this time around oh yeah (laughs) absolutely like I have been relentless in tracking where I'm at And it feels good. It's not like, oh, I have to track this. It's like, I am tracking this because I know it's what's best for my body. Because after the show, I don't want to be in the same position. Like, I felt horrible because I was not only mentally unstable about how I was looking, but I was like, I want this and that and the other thing. When now that I see it, 
I'm, I'm prepping six months in advance versus three months. It's a longer journey, so my body's going to create more sustainable results and get used to this. Um, and it's more intuitive, so I'm not, like, restricting, like I said, not constricting, but just, like, uh, a healthy, strict diet. It's, it's healthy in the sense of healthy mentally. Like, I'm prepared for it. So this is a case more of a quote-unquote flexible diet. Uh, yes and no. It's flexible in the sense of, like, I'm not just eating chicken and veggies, um, but it's not flexible where I'm, like, I'm going to have all the cookies and all, you know, it's, like, it's it's the most flexible I've been with my diet, but I'm also not someone who's, like, a huge proponent of flexible dieting. I'm, like, you can diet flexibly with nutrient-dense foods. So, like, I, I'll make, like, a veggie burger, and I'm, like, excited about it because I'm, like, yes, this is so great. It's not, like, veggies next to chicken. So it's, it's flexibly nutrient-dense. See, so well, from that point, you're kind of mixing it up, obviously, from a, to a certain extent, an aesthetical look, obviously, because it looks different on the plate. So obviously, it's something new, so you can kind of... Not motivate yourself, but you can kind of, uh, how would I put it, um, be excited about what you're eat- what's in front of you and you're eating. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And like, I think, um, I think it's a lot harder to diet flexibly, flexibly than it is to diet strictly. Like when you have all your meals prepped for the week in boxes, like it's so much easier than having to go how much protein, carbs, and fats is in this? How much is in that? Like, how many calories have I consumed versus how many I need to consume? Like, it's actually been more difficult for me allowing myself to be more flexible than it was for me to have all my meals prepped. And I'm saying that honestly because um, a lot of people want to diet flexibly because of that, but it requires more awareness, more consciousness of what you're eating, and also uh, just... Uh, more tracking like to be completely honest especially if you're doing it for very specific results um so I think I would encourage people to start just being more intuitive with their eating um but yeah it's definitely it's it's fun though it's it's easier mentally but it's it's harder sometimes just in the sense like it's more work okay so so for I won't say a beginning because somebody starting out obviously on their nutrition uh journey would that you be would it be best for them to be a proponent of obviously prepping their meals as opposed to obviously, like you said, with flexible dieting, would you go down that route more then? Um, I go back and forth with this because for some people it works to do the meal prepping and for some people it works to do the flexible dieting. I am huge on intuitively eating because our body and our soul knows what we need to function at our highest level, but we just have to tap into it. We have to actually connect with that voice in our head and in our heart that's telling us, like, we need to have this, not like we want to have this. Um, So I'm all about tapping into the intuitive side of eating, um, recognizing if it's emotional, recognizing the patterns of your eating. being aware of them. And as we get clear on that, then we can become more aware of what's necessary. Most of my clients do a mix of both. So I have them prepping a lot of their proteins because regardless, you're going to need protein. Mm -hmm. Um, 
But then the other things is kind of like, okay, I don't want you to feel like a slave to your tracking. Like, I don't want you to feel like if I don't track, I'm not going to achieve the results. Because then again, that creates the limiting beliefs. So this is a matter of creating that looking at the person and going like, what's actually realistic for you to sustain for the rest of your life? Like, I guess a good example of this is, you know, when someone's like, I'm going to do the keto diet, and I'm going to commit to it, I'm going to lose all this weight, and I'm going to burn all this fat. And I always question like, okay, but how realistic is that for you 10 years from now? Because if you can't see yourself just having low carbs, high fats, and medium proteins and it's not realistic because that is one of those diets where boom as soon as you stop as soon as you even just one day if you're not keeping it in the proper ratios or percentages of carbs to fats it's you're not going to go into ketosis so it's important to recognize like what actually makes sense for you and that's why I go balanced intuitive eating always wins in my in my mind well doing I, I did it I did a bit of ketosis just so I could experience what it was like and it's, it's as if you hit a brick wall about two, oh, three yeah. weeks. And I say to my clients, if you can get to three weeks, good on you. But I didn't manage to do it. And I was like, boom. It's like, no, I, I, want, I, want, I want carbs now. Yeah, exactly. Like, good for you for recognizing that. Oh, your, your, mood, your mood kind of shift. You can kind of see the, your mood shift. It's, you, um, yeah. I can't remember what I actually felt like, but you, you, <laughs> there were certain elements, obviously, in research, so you're fatigued, uh, I think you can get mood swings from time, which I don't think I experienced, I think I was more fatigued, and I was a down a bit, but, but I was, with my, obviously, with my trainer, I said, no, and I, 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 he said, try two, three weeks, I said, now this is me. Obviously, we've got to change change it up now. But I, I I saw the results, so I can see I can say well if you stick at it. But like you said, ten years. I don't think that would be very very realistic. Yeah. You'd be you'd be <laughs> all over the place mentally, and obviously like you yeah. said, the, the negative connotations would obviously with the diet being all over the place. If you if you like. Look, like we say as trainers, if we're struggling after two weeks, if you can keep it going longer than that, generally what would it be? Ketosis is probably like three weeks max. And then obviously mm. look at emphasizing changing uh, certain aspects of the diet. Whereas if I, would ne- I, wouldn't, I wouldn't say it's something bad to do. If you can do it, it's good on you, obviously, because it's a, it's a habit- habitual change. But... I wouldn't say to do it long term because obviously of what the other connotations may have because of it obviously because you're um, restricting certain aspects of your diet so if you're limiting carbs are you getting enough fiber in your diet and things like that so it's it's kind of a double-edged sword nutrition absolutely yeah and like most of these diets are formed for medical reasons like they're literally for medical reasons and like if you're if you have diabetes it might make sense for you but if you don't like and you know that you're someone who thrives with carbs and balanced eating like a good amount of higher amount of carbs medium amount of fats and medium amount of proteins and like a lower amount of fats then like 
good for you. You recognize where your body functions. So I agree with you. I think it's a matter of like, you can try these things out, but like just be consciously aware. Like I know when I started my fitness journey, I treated myself like such a guinea pig. And when I got certified, I was even more of a guinea pig. I was like, okay, let's try intermittent fasting. Hell no, that's not working for me. Okay, let's try this. And I was like, nope. And I realized like, this is because our body already knows. Like for some people, intermittent fasting is like, they're naturals at it. They're like, yep, that's me. That's what I like. It's so good for my lifestyle. It's so good for me in general. And then I'm like, I got to eat first thing in the I got to eat all day. Like I have to, like, (laughs) it's just who I am. Like, so I think, um, yeah, recognizing what's best for you and what's what you can actually see yourself achieving like years down the road, like on your deathbed, you know, mm-hmm. if we're being extreme. And if you had to wrap this podcast up into one sentence to kind of give a few tips to people, what would it be? Well, um, I can definitely say that fitness, and I know I already said it, but I'm going to say it again because it's so important. Fitness is about building more than just a body, and it's important to start emphasizing the importance of the self-love, the confidence, the mindset, the behavior, and the well-being, all in conjunction with the proper fitness and nutrition regimen, and recognize that you are so much deeper than surface level. Okay, that's That's a a great uh, tip to, to take home from. So once again, Celeste, thanks for taking the time out of your busy day to come on the show. Absolutely. Thank you for having me again. So nice. It's always a pleasure. So for everybody else, this podcast will be at every Thursday.